I'm Lisa Billiou, and I went from housewife to co-founder of the billion-dollar company Quest Nutrition and now president of Impact Theory. Our mission with this show is to empower you and all women to recognize you really can become the hero of your own life. Welcome to Women of Impact. Only 4% of women around the world think they are beautiful. Let that sink in for a second. Only 4% of women out of 3.7 billion that are on this earth think they're beautiful. Guys, when I first heard it, it mortified me. How can this be? Then another realization hit me. What am I going to do about it? Because just sitting here saying the stat out loud isn't going to change anything. So how do we, like, no BS, how do we as a society change this? Because one person on the couch with a video on YouTube isn't going to do it. That's when I realized the only way to affect almost 4 billion women is through the domino effect. Impact one person to believe they are beautiful and then they can affect another and another and so on. But first, first we need to talk about the no BS that is out there. Let's stop pretending, let's stop pretending that we don't want to be beautiful because the light doesn't actually help anyone. We all want to be admired and sought after in some way, shape or form because the truth be told, it feels bloody good. <laughs> but here's the thing, it's dangerous for us to build our self-esteem around it. It's destructive to allow it to hold us back on our true potential. It's what has led to the fact that every 62 minutes, at least one person dies as a direct result from an eating disorder. And according to Time Magazine, 80% of all children have been on a diet by the time they're in fourth grade. I'm literally getting chills just reading that stat. So today I wanted to do a different kind of show. I wanted to have a no holds barred talk with these incredible women who have dealt with beauty and body image in their own lives. I want us to start talking openly and honestly about it as a collective and start changing the narrative. And as a result, start changing these horrifying stats. So firstly, I want to introduce to you Ashley Crouch, a former model turned writer for publications such as Forbes, The New York Times and The Huffington Post. This woman has a litany of accomplishments from business owner to public speaker. But even that doesn't quite capture this woman's drive for female empowerment. As a founding team member of the first no Photoshop fashion magazine for women, she really is setting the stage for women owning their own beauty. Next up, I'd like to introduce Rachel Brooke, an actress and incredible dancer. Rachel has appeared in a variety of films and television, including How <laughs> I Met Your Mother, Entourage, Two and a Half Men, many, many more. So much so I couldn't fit it on this. She also became the face of various marketing campaigns from JCPenney, ASICS, Under Armour, Old Navy and Skechers. Yes, it's safe to say that she is no stranger to the physical pressures that come with being constantly in the spotlight. So much so that she founded this disruptive movement, which is dedicated to creating positive change and empowering others to live their best lives. And finally, the wonderful Danny J. Danny was a pregnant suicidal teen who suffered from panic attacks and bulimia. And like that wasn't enough to overcome, she really put herself to the test when she was paralyzed at the age of 22. Not succumbing to the circumstances, she chose to write her own future, becoming a fitness competitor, cover model, and health expert. Now co-host of the Best Life podcast, Danny discusses openly about infidelity, divorce, and working through our struggles to become stronger in the end. So guys, welcome to a very special edition of Women of Impact. Thank you so, so much for being here. And we've got so much to talk about, oh my God. so yes. let's sit back and <laughs> um, One thing I want to start with that I kind of men mentioned in my intro is, like, let's just cut the BS, right? Like, mm. I do want to look beautiful. There's a reason I've got makeup on. There's a mm. reason why my hair is done, mm. right? And, and so the one thing that I want to start with is a quote from you. I heard this over a year ago. Yep. And girl, when I say it rocked my world and changed me fundamentally, it really did. And I want to read it out loud. So you said, if this body weren't mine, would I still hate it? Mm. So can you talk to me a little about what brought you to that? I do a lot of workshops with women and I have this exercise that is always powerful every time I do it. I have them write like the negative thoughts that we think in our head that we don't really say out loud. And so I gave them examples of things I used to say to myself, like, you don't deserve to be alive, like I don't deserve to be alive, I'm so hideous, I'm ugly, I'm fat. And I have them write those down. And then I have the women get in two lines facing each other. And instead of saying it to themselves, they have to say it to the person across from them. Wow. So you have to look at your friend in the eye and say, you don't deserve to be alive. And go to the next person and say, you're fat. 
and they look at the next person and say, you're ugly. And they, most of the women know each other. So there's so many things that happen in that moment of they, they have these realizations of, oh my God, one, I would never say that to a person that I know, yeah. even a stranger. I mean, you wouldn't go up to a stranger and even say those things to them. And then two, when they hear it from another person, they go, I never, like, if you said that to me, I'd go, I never would have thought Lisa would have thought that about herself. Mm. And then a lot of the women say the same things. So there's an interesting thing that we all feel the same way or we have a lot of the same thoughts. And so there's this big piece that we, this realization that happens in that exercise. And so when you put it on someone else, like that quote is, if this body wasn't mine, would I still hate it? When you start to think about that, you kind of, I think most people would say no. You know, you don't tend to hate strangers as much or be as critical of strangers as you are of yourself. And so I think that was just something I wanted to share because I think so often we are so, so critical of ourselves, but we would never say the things in our own heads to anyone else, not even a stranger, not even an enemy for most, for the most part. Yeah. Gosh, I love that you said that so much. Honestly, something that changed my life when I was going through probably one of the most difficult times of my life was a coach had asked me to write down uh, three reasons why I love myself. And it was so hard yeah. for me. Something I still do to this day, every single day, yeah. at least three reasons. Writing it down yeah. is something that gets me through because yeah. there's times, you know, before an audition or if I'm dealing with body image yeah. issues at that time. Yeah. Cause like we talked about before, I really feel like as much work as you do, it's never over, you know, right. it's just, it's never over. And to have a constant practice that I can go back to every day that keeps me on point, mm. that doesn't just make me say something or, you know, just do something, but actually changes my physical state of being yep. into one of like gratitude and appreciation. It is one of those game changing experiences, especially to write it out. You know, it's one thing to say it or say yep. it to a friend. Like yeah. you said, I think that is just Phenomenal. So I just commend yeah. you on that exercise. There's this whole like body love mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Like movement of love yourself. But I think actually sometimes we have to go from hate to just being okay. Like it's, you can't go from hate to love, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you can't just go, okay, I've hated myself for so long and I've pulled my skin and I've looked in the mirror and I've picked myself apart to all of a sudden having this self-love movement. And I love the idea of it, but it's just not realistic. Mm. I think there has to be a part where there's acceptance before you can mm. even get to like love and so even those exercises of like yeah. writing down what you love sometimes like I could see why you would cry because sometimes yeah. you go I can't even get I can't, I can't even yeah. think that far because it's so out of the realm of where my brain's been so then I want to no, talk about acceptance though right yeah. because yeah. in what you said like when we have we would never say to a stranger like yeah. oh my god you're you're fat or something right now in the normal world you wouldn't Right. Right. But you all know, yeah. I mean, you've you've obviously been on TV and yeah. film. So I'm sure you've had rejections of people mm. saying you're not slim enough. Yeah. You yourself have been in the modeling industry yeah. and I'm sure has seen it. Obviously, you've been it's on true. stage. So yep. how do you accept yourself? Yeah. When you actually do have in, let's say, your career, the outside world saying you're not good enough. Mm. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, I'm such a fan of the whole concept of self-acceptance and self-love, but what really helped me was understanding the context of how we even got here. Because the fact that we're growing up in a society such as this one is fairly recent mm -hmm. and new. But if you think about the rise of media and my journey into healing, we didn't have the images thrown in our mm -hmm. face every day mm -hmm. until about the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. So we think about our parents weren't equipped yep. to teach us how to mm. deal with the world that That's we're living true. in. Ooh, and that. so when you think about, okay, we have not only, so according to a recent stat, like 5,000 ads a day that we're seeing, and it's fueled by a society of capitalism. This is like a very unique mm -hmm. scenario. So yeah. he, young girls don't grow up thinking I'm fat, it's only at a certain point, right? Yep. Where they start to have cognition about their surroundings yep. and what other people say to them. But that's a cultural construct that's fairly mm. recent. Mm. And because of that, just knowing the context of what goes into the images, how many images yep. are we seeing, what's, how many people are behind every image, yep. that really helped me. And that was something that helped me to say, okay, now I understand the world I'm living in and that makes sense why I feel how I feel. Can so, you guys remember specifically like when you started? I want to hear each of us. Yeah. <laughs> well for me um, I was seven years old so the age of reason right yeah. and 
prior to that time, I had zero inhibitions. Mm -hmm. Like I was the tomboy. I was the one on the playground and the trees and everything. And there was this one moment for whatever reason, I was in the back of the line. And I realized I was different. And the way I knew was I could see clear over the top of every student's head right to the teacher. And yeah. that was like, this is a very interesting experience. <laughs> and to that, in that moment, I realized, oh, I'm not like other people. Mm -hmm. I'm taller than everyone else. And it set me on a path of really being defined by my height mm -hmm. because we understand people in categories, yeah. right? And for a tall person, there are three options. You either play basketball, volleyball, or you're a model. Yeah. And so as I was growing up, the concept of being tall always made me feel different. And people tried to help me reconcile that difference by saying, you should be a model. You're like a model. All models are your height. Right. Which was meant as a compliment, but growing up in Arkansas on a farm with 100 chickens, there were no <laughs> tall people. Yeah, and so yeah. the only thing I knew about mm. height yep. was what I saw in the magazines. Mm and that growing up in that environment of being 13, almost six feet tall, wow. and seeing images in the magazine, just feeling so awkward in my own body, yeah. it set me on a path that was the furthest thing from healthy. Good. It's <laughs> so interesting to me, you know, what one person might be like, oh, I wish I could be tall like her. Mm. You could be being like, oh, I wish I could be shorter like her. Regardless of how beautiful, successful, amazing somebody may seem or appear to you, yep. mm -hmm. they have their own challenges, fears, mm -hmm. doubts, insecurities, yep. you know, that they're constantly going up and down with, you know? And all I wanted was to belong. Instead, every time people would see me, they would comment on my height. Oh my yep. gosh, did you grow? Wow, you're taller than I remember. Yep. And my body became something very remarkable, mm -hmm. meaning that people would literally remark about it right. all the time. And what could attract someone also made me feel so other mm -hmm. and so different. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking for a compass of who I should be in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think women all do that, right? We're looking for compasses yep. about who we should be and how we should look. Yep. And in Arkansas on a farm with a hundred chickens, the only compass that looked like me was in the page of a fashion magazine yep. about 20 to 30 pounds, 50 pounds lighter than I was. Wow. And so, I started working out. I started trying to look like those yeah. images. And it was about the time I got down to an orange juice and yogurt every day that I, I was starting to feel weak. And it actually took uh, someone in my family telling me, you don't look good. Right. Yeah. That I realized the standard that I was pursuing was bringing me farther away from it than ever. What would you say to the Ashley like now looking back because where I get stuck on the problem that I'm desperately trying to solve and hoping that this, you know, the domino effect mm -hmm. is, how do we affect someone else right now that's listening that is in that same situation? It may not be tall, right? It may be something else. I have, you know, long hands and everyone's like making fun of them, but I yep. can play the piano amazingly well, right. but I still get teased. Mm -hmm. Like what thing can you say to that person that's going to resonate to click them out of it? Mm -hmm. Instead of you have to go to the point where you've gone down to a yoga and an orange juice. Mm -hmm. um, do you, what, yeah, what would you say to yourself? What really helped me uh, was rewiring my relationship with food, first of all. Mm -hmm. And um, it took years of, literally, I would ha I, to this day, have note cards, and I write down, food is fuel for my dreams. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. instead of it being a tool to manipulate, to yeah. achieve a cosmetic standard, mm -hmm made by external sources, mm -hmm. it became something about what, what do I stand for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As well as um, the principles of what I believe beauty is. The problem is not in our desire for beauty. I think the desire to be beautiful is a good thing. Mm. The problem is in the definition of what has been mm. created for us by a world that is very new. Yeah. I remember I was working on Iron Man 2 at the time, mm -hmm. and the choreographer was like, you look amazing, you've never looked better. Mm. I mean, I was, very unhealthily thin. I can mm -hmm. say that now at the time I didn't mm -hmm. understand that. It wasn't until you know my roommates finally sat me down and were like we feel uncomfortable being around you. Mm -hmm. You know we feel uncomfortable around you. We were scared to eat around you because mm -hmm. we feel like you're judging us. Yep. My boyfriend at the time didn't tell me um, but it had like ruined his attraction to me because mm -hmm. he felt like I looked like a 13 year old girl. So I think it's just so important to to authentically express whatever it is you're going through, whether you're a friend or you're on the other side, you know, some people could be going through something, 
you have no idea what they're going through and you have no idea what's on the other end. You know, doing it in a loving, compassionate way, but being authentic with it. And well, how do you get out of that hole, though? Because if your yeah. friends aren't telling you, yeah. you've got people perpetuating. You look amazing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and you look in the mirror, yeah. your abs yeah. are ripped, and yeah. everyone's saying you look stunning. You're getting the yeah. gigs, and you're mm-hmm. getting your dream jobs, and, and yeah. you don't have friends or a boyfriend that's yeah. like, look, you're going too far. What, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, what do you think would have rocked you or what can you tell people now that right. could be watching or listening? Well, I think it's really important that they did tell me that, you know, mm-hmm. but I had to also learn the balance between what was what was healthy, what made my body feel good. Mm-hmm. I remember this one time, you know, I stood up and I felt dizzy and it was almost as part of me was like, oh, that means I'm really thin. That's a good thing, right. you know, and it's, it's dangerous. Yes. It's wow. dangerous. It's not healthy. And for anybody that, 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 that is at that state of being, you know, know that like, if you want to live a full, awesome, happy, fulfilled life and able to do all the amazing things that is out there for us to do, you're never going to achieve that if you're dizzy standing up, yes. you know, we're, and, it, and like I had to make like you, it's at a shift in what kind of life do I want to live? What kind of energy, what energy do I want to have? Well, I was at the bio, I was paralyzed when I was 22 years old. I got a bacterial infection. And I had been a gymnast, was an acrobat at the time. Mm. Um, My degree was in physical education, so everything was about my body. And suddenly when I couldn't walk, Mm. it was, I was suicidal again, because I'm going, if I can't walk, if I can't do, like, if I can't work physically, my degree's in phys ed, like, what am I going to do? So if I can't be physical, then I don't even know what I'm gonna do with my life. And I actually had a friend dying of cancer at the same time and she came over and I remember she just looked at me and she's like Danny I'm so sorry this happened to you and I remember in that moment I was like I am such a jerk like she's gonna die and I'm feeling sorry for myself because I can't walk mm. but at least I'm alive and so I had to find new ways to go okay if I can't walk like what else can I do what do people like about me besides the fact that I can move right so we mm. all I think we need to build up young women to go what else is there about you besides how you look? Because otherwise we just get identified as our body. We think we are our bodies and we're not. We're so much more. I had to like go, okay, if my friend became paralyzed, would I not like her? Or if my Mm. friend gained 30 or 50 pounds, would I not like her? Mm. And I was like, no, I like her because she makes me laugh. I like her because she does this. And then I had to flip that on me and go, what else do I have? I'm funny. I'm smart, I'm this, I'm that. And that's what's frustrating because mm-hmm. you see these Instagram models or whoever and they get all this attention for showing off and that's why like you saw the models and you go, well, that's what I need to be mm-hmm. because that's what's... And so we have to change an entire narrative around all that. So, so what's your age? The, the first... My first was like when I was four or five years old. My parents used to... I know, it was so weird. I was, I was been really athletic and like dense. So my parents would tell their friends to like pick me up. They go, oh, pick her up. And they pick me up and they're like, dang, she's so heavy. And I, my mom and grandma were always dieting and talking about losing weight. So in my head, I was going, okay, I'm heavy. Heavy equals bad. And that was like the first. But then shortly after that, it was fifth grade. A girlfriend of mine, we used to sit on the bus and she put her thighs and, you know, your thighs squish down when you sit. And she goes, mm-hmm look, my thighs are so much skinnier than yours. Oh my gosh. And that was this part where I started to, I would literally put my legs up like this so my thighs wouldn't squish out. And I was so afraid to wear shorts, I'd have to sit like, I was so uncomfortable that I finally just stopped wearing shorts for like 20 years Mm -hmm. because I didn't want cellulite poking out, I didn't want them to flatten out. And so it was really like from a young age that, and it's not really the comments, it's what you make them to be, right? So it's like, great, you're tall, but what does that mean? tall is bad, tall is this. So when they said you're heavy or your legs are bigger, I perceive that as big is bad, heavy is bad. I need to be smaller. I need to be different. I love that you said that, but the perception of beauty or the story behind what it is, it's never what is said, right? right? Like saying your legs are bigger, right? Right. In a different culture could have been like celebrated. I think the more that we can help, especially young women understand the power of story, the power of what is behind what's being said yeah. and in the perception of it and in your story about it. Like totally. for me, I just quit gymnastics. I was 14 and 
before that time, my body was like this little machine, you mm -hmm. know, and I remember I ate fast food every day. Yep. Before gymnastics, we yep. would go to any fast food place possible. I would like loved eating that all the time. I would, you know, practice from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. every day. Yep. And as soon as I quit gymnastics, uh, you know, I'd also broken my hand, had surgery. Yep. It was a very difficult time in my life um, because I lost so much of my identity. Yep. I lost my, my mom, who was my best friend, didn't want to talk to me for a while. My friends didn't want to talk to me. And then I started my period. My body started gaining yep. weight. Yep. And I just felt like the, everything was just coming down on me. That's when I was like, got into training, got into learning about food and nutrition, which I'm so grateful for. But it also put me on a path of, at 14 years old, I just remember it was just always important to yeah. be thin. Yep. Yeah. And I, just, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't able to do all the things I wanted to do in life. And I remember, I mean, even, even now I have to be so, I have to do those practices, mm -hmm. you know, of saying mm -hmm. I love myself. And I struggle with this all the time, even with Instagram, yeah. because yeah. the images that do get the amount of likes yeah. are the ones that are like the sexy Photoshop yeah. photos. So yeah. you feel like, well, if I want to create a, a brand and an image and have engagement, I should do that. I would love to discuss with you guys, you know, what, how can we be great examples, put out great content that is inspiring and empowering that doesn't make people feel bad about themselves. I, I feel like it's starting to change. Like I do love yeah. that people are putting more like no makeup selfies mm -hmm. or they're putting more untouched images and say, and like saying, hey, no filter. I feel like we're at least moving in a better direction mm -hmm. of people can be more real. And I think that the more that we support that and comment on that, it can help change the algorithms. But unfortunately still sex sells and nudity and all of these things that, you know, pop up, they still, tend to take the lead, unfortunately. Um, but, but I think it does help. But here's what I struggle with. Mm -hmm. I like looking at those images. Yeah, like yeah. If you posted a thing. photo and you looked amazing, I would write, oh my God, you look so amazing, yeah, Danny. Yeah. Like, you go, girl. Totally. And that's going to feel good for you. Yep, yep. Um, so you're going to want to do more of it, yep. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Or like, guys, right? I want to see a picture of a guy with totally. six-pack abs. Yep. Looks yeah. beautiful. Right. right? But I, I think it becomes dangerous when it starts to affect people in the negative yeah. way with their self-esteem. Yeah. And then the self-esteem then spirals out of control and then they don't go after yeah. things they really want in life, right? Like then there's yeah. that massive knock-on effect. And the thing I struggle with is how do you do both? Because I want badass images of right. me like in yeah. the desert yeah. with a dress and yes. <laughs> stunning yes. my makeup on. Like I want that as yeah. well, yeah. but I also don't, I also want the other side, which is the authentic, yeah. the real, like, guys, you had no idea, like, that yeah. there was a sandstorm, <laughs> yeah. and like, my dress, you yeah. know, and so it's like, these are the photos that weren't perfect, yep. but I think both are just as cool, right, so how do you make sure that you're, when you post that amazing photo mm. of you that has the hundred people yeah. behind it, how do you make sure that it doesn't make, give a negative effect to a young girl that may be looking and saying, oh my God, I want that. I'm no good unless I'm like that. That's what's so hard because we're adults and we've been in these industries and so we know, but for younger girls, it's hard. It really they is hard because know. they don't yeah. have that and they think everything they see is real. And I don't know if it starts, I don't know if this is something a school should even talk about. I mean, is it the, is it parents' yes, responsibility or is it schools? Both. But I think they maybe need to see videos of Photoshop, like this is what goes into, you know, maybe they need to see behind the scenes of yeah. a fashion magazine mm. and behind the scenes, of, like to see what's real and not real because mm. reality TV, sh TV is not real. It's scripted. Like, yeah. The reality <laughs> we real. all see yeah. is not reality. Yeah. So unfortunately they grow up thinking that is, and maybe it does need to be addressed in schools now because it's such a different world than we all grew up in. There was no social media when I was. Well, and now there's like apps like Facetune or yeah. different apps that everybody can use yep. that, you know, can literally change the whole image of your body or yes. clear up your face. And even, I mean, filters on Instagram, you know, I always use like, there's a brightening filter and mm -hmm. I always use it. Yep. So I'm like, oh, it just makes the light, your skin yeah. smoother. I can have no makeup on and not worry about it. And, but it's interesting because when I, you know, maybe go to do a regular video, yeah. I literally have this, this thing of like, oh, I, I don't, do I really look like that? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, I've been on date. like I just became single a few years ago and I've been on dates where guys, they, they've told me, they're like, oh good, you look like your pictures. And I'm like, great, that's the point. But they've told me they've gone on all these dates where they show up and the girl looks nothing like her pictures because yeah. she's using so many filters, angles, and all kinds of things. And they're like, it's really bad out there. What's up guys, this is Lisa. And I wanted to talk a little bit about my friends over at Care Of. Now, if you know a little bit about my story, you'll know I've struggled with health issues for more than three years. And the one thing I've learned is no two people are the same. 
And that's exactly why I love this company, Care Of. You take their five-minute quiz and answer questions about your diet, your health goals, and your lifestyle, and they deliver customized vitamins and supplements straight to you. Come on, talk about convenience. So no more carrying, you know, 10 different Ziploc bags of various supplements when you're on the go, if you're like me, that is. They just make it super easy and convenient to stay healthy, whatever type of lifestyle you lead. So guys, honestly, go over, check them out. Today I have a special offer for you guys. You get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. So just go to takecareof.com and enter WOI at checkout. That's WOI for Women of Impact. So go take action and be the superhero of your own life. Peace out. Girl, you hit like the nail so much on the head. We need to be teaching this in school. Cool. Yeah. Yes. We need from a very young age self-esteem yep. classes. That should we, be like one of the first days. Should be like yeah, you know, math, mindset. science, and personal girls, growth. Like, you know, like is, and guys. Yeah, this is an issue I have. Like 100%. boys need to know because if if boys. they're liking those photos, they're part of the problem as well. Well, I'm yeah. even talking about boys just being used to the fake images as well. Yes. Yeah. So then they're not but even. They don't care though, because let's face it. Um, Getting turned on is very visual. I'm mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's like if a guy sees a photo that turns them on, you, it's hard to say to him, no, you shouldn't look at this, that's bad. Right. No, but I'm saying like there's this big pornography addiction issue where men literally can't get off unless they see those kind of images. So yeah. if they see a real woman yeah. who doesn't have breast implants, yeah. who doesn't have ass implants, who d- isn't photoshopped the hell out of them, they can't even yeah. be attracted to a normal woman yeah. because they're seeing these images so much they think that's how we, we should look. Right. And I'm very aware of like, okay, what makes me want to comment and like a yeah. photo? What makes me want to support somebody? Mm. And being very cautious and supportive of even yeah, the that. things that maybe I wouldn't initially go, yes, you know, like every single picture, every single person has a story, has a goal, has a yeah. dream, has challenges. You don't know what's going on behind that picture, yeah. you know? Like literally yeah. you could be, so- I could have been sobbing, crying, having the most miserable day. I can snap a shot of me just happy as like smiling yeah. and people are like, oh, her life's amazing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. When really you're sitting there crying at yourself to <laughs> sleep, you life. know? Like <laughs> Working at the fashion magazine, finally moving into New York City, I felt like I had arrived. Like every sidewalk yeah. was my concrete catwalk. <laughs> yeah. every, party, every party was my, you know, yeah. fashion show. And I was going to all the industry parties and it was super fun. And it was also very eye-opening because here's the deal. We all want to be our best selves, yeah. right? And that's yeah. a great thing. But the problem is that the definition of beauty has become beauty is also a tool for power. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is with that definition, we automatically start to evaluate ourselves and objectify ourselves Mm. based on how well a tool operates, right? Mm. So it's for something else. And think about it, if you have a toy or computer that doesn't work anymore, you're gonna throw it away as you should because it doesn't work. It is an object and a tool. But as soon as we start to objectify ourselves as a compilation of parts Mm. to achieve an end, Mm. and we don't get that end, we also feel like we have failed Mm. and we feel like trash. And so that's a massive problem that I realized, oh, wow. It was one day I went to New York Fashion Week for the magazine. And again, I felt like, you know, miscongeniality or something like a before and after. I'm like, I'm here. (laughs) And I walked up front row, of course. I'm just like, I'm going. And looked in all the models' faces. And I just saw this one model. She was teetering on sky-high heels trembling she was so weak Mm -hmm. and had this just glazed over look on her face and my heart broke because she had everything and how many people want to go into the fashion industry or the beauty industry because they want to be seen Mm -hmm. and she was on the catwalk at New York Fashion Week and I looked at her and we made eye contact and I smiled at her and her whole demeanor lit up and she just became alive again Mm -hmm. and it was like she probably went into the fashion industry to be seen, and that might have been the first time she was seen. And so what happened was, eventually, I started talking to a lot of people, and I would do photo shoots and create direction and work with the models, and one model afterward, we, we fed her on the shoot. We, it was such a fun shoot, it was like a girl's <laughs> night out and everything, and it was so fun. And afterward, the two models were walking back with me, and they were like, this is the best time. We're roommates. We've never been cast together. Aww. And we had so much fun. And we don't usually get to smile on our shoots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I have chills even remembering her saying that because 
how have we created a standard of beauty that is so absent of joy? Yeah. Mm. The human experience is such a spectrum of emotions and you know, we have our bad days and we have to include that in the definition, right? The tool for beauty should not just be like power pose, you know, Zoolander right. yeah. and editorial. That's yeah. not, but it's created to sell objects right. and to sell other things. So it's about reintegrating the understanding of beauty. Yeah. And another person that I spoke with, she was actually a Photoshop editor for Victoria's Secret. Mm. And she worked on the swimwear line. So the swimwear collection is like their main issue. And uh, we were talking, it was a private conversation, but she told me she actually quit because it was so against her values. Yeah. She would Photoshop arms off of <gasps> other models and put them on the image, cut off heads, add them what? to other bodies. And yeah. the image that maybe I would have seen as a 13 year old that led me down that spiral is a Frankenstein it's person. Like pieced together yeah, body it's part. pieced together, and I, I was that lit a fire under me. I started telling every high schooler yeah, I could, like, yeah, yeah. the images you are looking at are not real. real. Like, <laughs> yeah, PSA, everyone. <laughs> yeah, like, we need that across That's everywhere. A billboard that is like she it is because it's it is. Like she couldn't continue to for her. promote yeah. a standard that is harming people, and we need the obviously the industry to change, yeah. but it also comes from reclaiming our own sense of agency because the thing is we abdicate our power when we give away our agency yeah. mm. and we know this now with scientific studies the mind is neuroplastic we have the ability to reclaim the definition yeah yeah and in my work with women and talking with so many women around the world beauty looks very different for everyone yeah. and the yeah. desire for it is different yeah. like yeah. what is the motivation for it that's yeah. different for everyone but the desire is there, so it's about, again, choosing those phrases yeah. or the stories or yeah. something yeah. that can help you to reclaim, okay, I am beautiful exactly as I am, yeah. not because of what I can do, yeah. Yeah. not because of what I can't do, or it's, yeah. Yeah. it's not performance-based. You said something there that really made me realize that there's more than we can do that we're not doing right now, yeah. which is holding people accountable. Yeah. Like, if we started a petition, right, and... Maybe we should do this. Yeah. But imagine I'm like done. we got an entire like a hundred thousand people to pick it outside these magazines, yeah. right? And just say, look, we just demand honesty. Like put beautiful people up there, but just be honest with us. Yeah. Yeah. Be honest that you're not Frankenstein in different people's <laughs> arms and different yeah. people's legs. Um, like just give us honesty. And maybe if we can start holding these news or these magazines accountable for the stuff they're putting out, and again, I'm not saying don't put beautiful photos out there, yeah. yes. but just be honest about them, then maybe we can start to change that, the story that we tell ourselves. Yeah. yeah. To what you were saying about Absolutely. the story. Absolutely. I do know there's some companies like Dove that puts, you know, different yeah. bodies, and I do love mm -hmm. that there are some companies, and I wish that that was more of something that was going on. So I like that accountability piece. I think mm -hmm. that we should hold hold companies accountable and I think we should also support companies that are showing yes. different colors, different sizes, different standards of beauty, um, disabled people. There's like so many mm. things that we just don't see mm -hmm. um, that can be put out there more and I think you know money talks yes. so why do they do it because there's more money because right. they're selling more clothing they're selling more magazines so we have these this these two things being pulled they're like yeah, but we could put these other people, it's not going to sell. So we have to actually right. like put our money where our mouth is and go, yeah. if we want to see it, we have to support those companies. You're so right. Because yeah. look, at the end of the day, when people go into business, if you, unless you're a non-profit, it is to make money, yep. which yep. why not, right? I yep. mean, if you're going to put the time and effort into it, there should be a reward. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but saying that like, okay, well, I want to make sure that making this decision is still going to be good for the business. Actually, yep. absolutely spot on. Yep. Um, so I want to take this now into like, okay, we've kind of attacked the big markets, yeah. like magazines, all right, we need to like pick it then, we're going to do that at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how, let's talk about the negative voice, because ultimately it, we need to, I think, train ourselves into saying no matter what is being put out there, because it's going to be a slow change, yeah. right? It's yeah. never going to happen overnight. It's a big yeah. undertaking. It's going to need more and more and more women to speak up about it. Yeah. So we could take 10, 20, 30 years, and even then I don't think it's ever going to be completely solved. So how do we then back off and say, all right, how do we actually help the individual person that when you see that, not let it become a trigger, not let it become that negative voice that is all-consuming? 
I have this practice that I do called disruptive gratitude where mm -hmm. it's saying like listing out like what's something I'm grateful for. Say I'm saying, okay, my body, you know, okay, I'm grateful for my body. Um, why? And then the second question is why am I grateful for it? Listing out why, you know, okay, like I can, I can walk right now. And then thinking of like all the people that maybe can't walk right now, yeah. you know, everyone's like have self-love. Right. And I heard that for so long and I was like, well, how, mm -hmm. like, how do I actually develop that? Yeah. I know I have to have it. I'm supposed to have it. But like, if I, I don't like looking at myself in the mirror right now, I don't like who I am. I don't yep. feel good about myself. I don't feel confident. How the hell am I supposed to have yeah. this self-love, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I love talking about, I talk a lot about like practical tools that literally have changed me. Mm -hmm. I think it's really different to say, okay, I'm grateful than to be like, to actually feel mm -hmm. and embody yep. gratitude. The point where you get goosebumps and chills and tears, you know, but it's been a constant practice of habits, patterns, uh, you know, every single day yeah. for a very long time, just mm. as if we practice the negative, I want to say negative, but the yeah. non-helpful, right? Yeah. It's not helpful for me. I like thinking of things in, because I think so many people talk about positive and negative thoughts and that's great, but it didn't really land in me. Mm -hmm. What really landed in me was when I started thinking about it, is this a productive thought mm -hmm. or a non-productive thought? Yeah. Like if my goal is to be happy with who I am, my goal is to have self-love, like, is this thought helping me get there? Yeah. And if it's not, then how can I, you know, disrupt it so it does? Uh, and that's been something that's been really helpful for Those me. amazing, like very specific tactics. And I think yeah. that that's what like I love mm -hmm. to talk about yeah. because it's like there's one thing to listen to this, be inspired. And then, you know, but in an hour, someone's then looking in the mirror, feeling shitty about yeah. themselves. Again. Yeah. So giving them very specific. I do this. I do this. I do this. I find is so freaking impactful. Yeah. Um, thank you. for. But that. then having a lot of self-loving and fashion when you don't do it, you know, was yeah. we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, it's like when you were trying to learn how to ride a bike the first time, you don't automatically mm. get on there and just ride it perfectly, you know? You fall off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you do, like, the it's like it's a practice. You know, we don't see the journey that yeah. anybody goes yeah. through. I feel like I still have that voice that goes off that's like, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. Who are you? You know, but it's like I've worked so hard and I practice coming from the other thing again, that it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. Just like any, you know, young girl or person out there watching this right now, you know, they might look to all of us and be like, oh, they have it all figured out. And we don't, yeah. like, yeah. we don't. I think of it like fitness, right? Like a muscle. It's yeah. like if you can build your muscles up to be huge and yeah. amazing and you could be deadlifting crazy yeah. amounts of weight. But if you take three years off of the gym, you can't go back and do that. Yes. So it's about consistency, yeah. right? Yes. Even saying like, yeah. I haven't figured it out. I'm never, I don't think any of us are always gonna be okay and completely satisfied with yeah. who we are, but it's about putting practices in place that we yeah. can keep doing and do it over and over and not yeah. hold, not stop. Because the second I think you stop, you then can You're spiral done. down into- And the final thing I'll say, and then I'll like leave it to everybody else, but you know, when you really understand that like you're never getting away from you, you yeah, know, yes. like you're Wherever with you, you go, there you are, there you are. Yeah. like you're with you 24 seven, seven days a week, 365. You know, I can choose to be my worst critic or I can choose to be a supporter of myself. And yeah. when I'm sitting there talking about, you know, the five people you surround yourself with, you become like, or yeah. like, you know, like I want to choose to hang out with my best friend every day rather than my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a choice. And every day saying like, am I being my best friend right now? Am I being my biggest supporter or am I being my worst critic? The irony of that whole thing is too, is that once you become your biggest supporter and you're just taking care of you, I feel like you become more beautiful on the outside. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. it's you change the inside and the outside changes. Mm -hmm. And like people will start to notice they're like, what are you doing? You're, you, you don't even have to have lost or gained any weight and just nothing else have changed. It's just like yeah. this energy that comes out of you yeah. when you're doing that. Yeah. I think that concept of glowing is radiance. Yeah. And one of the things that I think leads to that is integrity. Yeah. Because for me, my emotional home around beauty is very fragmented. So my top three beliefs are beauty is skinny, beauty is sexy, and beauty is a tool for power. Mm. So being beautiful will automatically mean all of those things. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I started reintegrating my whole self into the definition, I started to feel more whole. What do you mean by that? Like when I started yeah. integrating my whole self? Yeah, so for me, um, one of the biggest things that I do is try to honor the promises I make to myself. Mm -hmm. So one of the promises that I make is a morning routine. And I create space, and I, I like to say that you're your own best investment. Mm -hmm. And so I like to create space in the morning for a morning routine. And in that space, 
I rewire the definition of beauty with literal note cards mm -hmm. and I know where my emotional home is so then I've created the opposite. Mm. So beauty being a tool for power now is I'm valuable for my own sake. Mm -hmm. I do not have to prove my worth to anyone. Mm -hmm. And that recenters me. And then um, another one is about beauty being skinny. Mm -hmm. And so the affirmation for that is my body is a miracle. I can't wait to see what it can do. Mm -hmm. And so it begins to remind me of what I stand for. And I fall into more alignment. And when I feel more aligned with my values, I begin to embody a greater sense of integrity within myself. Mm -hmm. And the result, I think, is peace, which is that glowing yeah. experience, yeah. Yeah. where there's peace radiating outward to everyone else. Yeah. That's the mag magnetism. People want integrity, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be whole. And so once I've started to move more in that direction of just honoring the promises I make and honoring the values that I have and moving more in that alignment, that's been really helpful to me. Have you found that's made a difference to the negative voice? Yes, because it's shifted what I believe beauty to be away from mm. an achievement mm. or something that I can buy mm -hmm. into a state of being. Mm. And so that is, it allows me to hold space for more positive thoughts to come in. So the rewiring, I call them my little toy soldiers. I know it's so weird. It's so cute. I love it. It's like the onslaught of criticism, yeah. just like yeah. a shame spiral, mm -hmm. a guilt spiral. And I know all the thoughts. I mean, this happens and then this happens and then this happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then at this point, I'm pretty much hating all of humanity. <laughs> it's so, so important to recognize though, the pattern, yes. yeah. right? So that yeah. you can identify yeah. it before it gets all the way to like the worst case scenario. Exactly. Yeah. And so I know, okay, this happened. And then, then I started blaming myself. Mm -hmm. And then I started to blame other people and pretty much all of humanity is on the blacklist. And so understanding self and creating that space in the morning has allowed me to have more awareness and consciousness and so by consciously planting mm -hmm. the affirmations mm -hmm. uh, Jim quick talks about this in the state of mind where your mind is sort of at rest you're more receptive to mm -hmm. the things that you plant there and the subconscious doesn't know what is true or false so mm -hmm. if I verbally say something mm -hmm. I'm training it yeah. so then I call them my toy soldiers because I'll fall into the guilt spiral or the shame spiral and at one point I was covering mirrors I mean I did not want to see wow. myself yep. and that's okay. where it was mm -hmm. and now that starts to happen and it's literally like the other soldiers start to come in it's like mm. your body's a miracle capable of incredible yep. things okay <laughs> yep. if yeah. they come out yeah. fighting for me and so it's a daily journey, but yeah. I call them my toy soldiers, I and love that. I guess I built them, but they're working really well. I love that. And so when yeah. you're in the wild, let's say, you're yes. out in a business meeting or any scenario, and you start to feel with that, is that exactly what you do? Like, all right, time for the soldiers, and you bring them it in? It does happen. No, it's, it's automatic at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, because you wired I said it, it, so, yeah, many it so many times. Like, repetition, literally walking yes. down the street, like repetition. And it, anybody watching me probably thinks it's crazy, but I have to rewire. I mean, the default where I yep. go is yep. like not helpful. So um, then at that point, it's on automatic pilot. So I can be in a room where, you know, I don't feel like I belong or I feel like I should be in a different, I should wear something different or, you know, look a different way or I didn't get my nails done. You know, something like that perfectionism. And then the toy soldiers come out. You provide incredible value to everyone yep. that you meet. Like being more open and aware to other people. Um, but that morning routine and creating that space has been so transformative. I love mm -hmm. that you use, use affirmations because that's what I've done for oh. years. My social worker, when I was 15, she told me that, she goes, you've been programmed. Your parents have been programmed. Everyone you know has been programmed. And it's, you're like, your brain's like a computer and you can reprogram yourself. And so I started using affirmations and I had cards and I literally would just put them on like the bike, um, the recumbent bike. When I was actually learning how to walk again, I would put these affirmations on my bike and just push my legs around. And I would just say things like, I'm healthy, I'm strong, and just the repetition. And I remember the old, like I'd start to have that old thought of, you know, I was beating myself up and then the new thoughts started to come automatic. Almost like I think when you're learning a new language, first you're translating it and yes. then and then at some point you just get the new language. Yes. It's yeah. like that with the affirmations. If you do enough repetition, even if at first you don't believe it, you're reading it and you're like, I'm beautiful and you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> you say it enough times, eventually that's the thought that comes to you. Like it just like wipes it out and it's pretty incredible. I think affirmations and gratitude, yeah. those yes. are like, I agree with you both. Those are the top two tools I would give to Well, anyone. and like you mm -hmm. said too, 
it's I think it's really important to remember how many times you've said it the other way. Yeah. You know, when well, you try true. to when you try to say, Oh, I'm beautiful, yeah, right. I've gotten really good at practicing this bad habit. Right. So it's gonna take some time for this new habit to mm-hmm. set in. Yeah. You know, another thing that really helped me was learning the power of questions. I feel like sometimes I see the thoughts as like the spinning wheel of yep. death. You know on the computer? Yeah. Yeah. You have the spinning wheel of death yeah. that's just going and going <laughs> yep. and going. Yep. And those are like a lot of our thoughts. And it wasn't until I finally was like, wait, I can ask a question rather than saying, I'm so beautiful. I could be like, what could I go do to feel mm-hmm. more beautiful? Mm-hmm. And when I did that, it was like the only thing that yeah. started, at least got me out of the yeah. spiral, you yeah. know? So mm-hmm. asking that because understanding, just like you ask Google, so you know, if you good. ask Google, yeah. what could I go, what awesome thing could I go do today? Yeah. You're going to get a bunch of answers. If you yeah. ask what horrible thing could I go do today? <laughs> you're going to get a bunch yeah. of answers, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. just understanding that whatever question you ask, you'll get answers. You get the answers. Yeah. Yeah. Get the yeah. answers. So it's just what kind of, what, what kind of answers do you want to get? So yeah. on a regular basis, and when I feel the lowest of lows or the saddest of sad, like, asking, you know, what could I go do to feel a little bit better Mm -hmm. today? I mean, one of the most transformative experiences of my life was when I finally decided to just sit and feel and cry my eyes out and scream. And I was terrified and I felt all day long, you know, again, I was going through this breakup and I didn't want to go home because I knew I'd go be alone. And it was like the most powerful experience I ever had because in that moment when I was just crying and um, feeling so alone and afraid and terrified, I finally felt what it felt like to not be afraid of being alone anymore. And in that moment, in those tears and in that just like everything, I felt this love, you know, that I just hadn't felt in a really long time. And all of a sudden I wasn't afraid to be alone anymore. I wasn't afraid to be with myself anymore because after going through that fear, that sadness, that feeling, it was like this feeling of just like, I got you, we got this like, yeah. Just trust me, you but know? It really is heartbreaking to think that most people do that change once they hit rock bottom. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually part of, like, even my takeaway here is, like, do people just have to hit rock bottom to mm. make that change? And are, is there a way of changing the belief system of young girls and young guys on body image? Or is it like, look, no matter what we try, you have to go, you through. Have to go through it yourself. And some people are going to make it and some people just aren't. I would say it probably has to do with their mothers and how they were brought up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you said like mm-hmm. your family, the, the yeah. it was like movement. My mm-hmm. family was always on diets. My grandmother had gastric bypass surgery. They were always dieting. And so I think that, I think that some people are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to have to hit rock bottom and some people will hear a story shared and they'll learn from someone else's experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it goes across the line for everybody. Yeah. Not everybody has to hit rock bottom. Some of us, like I know I'm probably one of those people that always has to learn the hard way. <laughs> and I think yeah. some people can go, okay, I, I heard Danny's story. I don't need to do that because I saw that she yeah. messed up, you know? So I think that there's always going to be like this bell curve of that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be extremes. But, but I, do I do think we yeah. can make a difference. And knowledge is power, yeah. you know? Like if there could be a class in elementary school yeah. that was like a self-esteem class yeah. just right after math class, yep. you know, that taught this kind of stuff, I feel like our society would be completely different yeah. and depression yeah. and suicide yeah. would be dramatically decreased. Can I know? battle you there yeah. for a second? Yes, please. I think that needs to go above math. I've never I mean, agree. used algebra. I agree. <laughs> this business was not totally built on algebra. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't have to say teachers may yeah. be hating me yeah. right now, but it's like, the truth is, sure, I know how to multiply. I know the basic, yeah. basic math. I yeah. can do my taxes. I can do the things I need so to true. with math, yeah. but like, I don't need... It is the first ha- thing we need so to learn, you know? Like, we don't, we're not born into this world with a like an instruction manual yeah also add media literacy class yes yes because it's only going to continue yes yeah think about VR and the immersiveness oh my gosh yes children's experiences I mean that's gonna rewire their brains the concept of living in a world like that like kind of freaks me out a little bit yeah Yeah. but I think we need media literacy yeah Yeah. you know we can't give what we don't have but we always get what we do have so if we first have to heal ourselves I always say like Hurt people hurt people, yeah. but healed people heal people yeah. just by the way we show up. Mm, and absolutely. so for parents or for educators, I yeah. think that's a really great first step is healing self and then putting in place these 
classes or programs to yeah. teach people at a very young age and ask those questions. Yeah. What yeah. are you seeing here? Yeah. How did this come about? What do you think that's beautiful? Yeah. Who's beautiful in your life? Yeah. Are I they the same? Yeah. What yeah. does this mean? Just, yeah. 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 But I do also think, right, like the generations, when you look at our parents and our grandparents, they, yeah. it wasn't about the social media, how we look yeah. as much as it is now. It was yes. about like, how do I make enough money yep. to put a roof over my head for my family? Yeah. Yeah. How do I make enough money to feed my family? If I've done that, like my job is good. But now we're in a much cozier lifestyle yeah. where we can have more access to things like that. And so now I think we're, as we're changing and as things like this are becoming more and more important, we haven't adjusted the education system exactly. to catch yes. up with yeah. how society is now acting. And the holes that I think a lot of people are falling into with depression yep. and anxiety and things like that based on yeah. our own vision of ourselves. Yeah. Guys, I, oh my God, I literally have, I think we've touched on one thing that I'd written down as like a note. I've got like a ton of stats and quotes of you guys, but this was amazing. We're going to have to definitely get together for part two. Yeah. Yes. Um, but before we end, please tell everybody at home where they can find you and then also what your superpower is. People can find me on Instagram at ashcrouch1 and um, at bloomlovely.co. And my superpower is celebration. I really love celebrating people <laughs> and that. it's part of growing up in a media environment of competition. I just want to be the change. And so everything is about celebration for me and recognizing the good in people. That's cool. Mm. You're going to be my new you, best Danny. friend because I need more celebration. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at dannyj.com. It's D-A-N-N-Y like a boy and J-D-O-T-C-O-M on Instagram, and that's where I am mostly, so you can find me all the other places there. So actually spelled out dot yeah, com. Dot com mm -hmm. Yeah, spell out dot com. And my superpower, I wanna say I have two, but my biggest is actually just like my my laughter. I think people really enjoy, not, not like my laugh is great, but the fact that I have the ability to just laugh at just about anything and I like make mm. things really light. So even some of the toughest things, I can turn it around. I can help other people laugh and I just have that ability to keep it light. I love that. Mm, yeah. Love. Um, you can find me at rachelbsmith.com, at rbrooksmith on Instagram, and uh, uh, the movement at disruptive underscore movement on Instagram. Um, and I think, uh, actually I know, I feel like my superpower is gratitude. I mean, I just mm. feel like the most unbelievable gratitude for life and that daily practice of appreciation, not just of saying it, but like, like I said, feeling of, why and what would my life be like without that? It literally just shifts the perception. It shifts the story into a productive empowering rather than a disempowering. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. Guys, 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 where do I even start? So this has been earth shattering for me. I hope it has for you guys at home. And the reason being is it's just step one. We all have to take that first step if we're going to make global change and look I want to make global change and I think these ladies do here, do too. So it all starts with that first step of discussing it. Then we can talk about what effects we can then have going beyond that. So even in this interview, the first thing was education. Like how do we start actually teaching kids at school about um, self-esteem, about beauty, about um, confidence, all these things that actually we all have to struggle or we do struggle with mm -hmm. putting into our own lives and as you can see these all these ladies are incredibly successful but it wasn't out of ease it mm. wasn't out of simplicity of being brought up and doing it it was everything we spoke about they had to battle on a daily basis whether it was being paralyzed or getting teased or whatever it may be they've had to implement the tactics they've already spoken about into their lives to really get to where they are today and so i really hope that you take that home with you guys that you re-watch this episode you start implementing these tactics into your own life um and then also hey let's go pick it right like that's I'm, and I'm yes like, hey, let's do it <laughs> How do we actually, like, no BS, guys, how do we make a change? And I think there's two things, like I said, that are fundamental in this discussion today that I really think, okay, how do we do that? How do we actually change education? And then how do we actually hold these other people or these companies responsible to at least be honest with us? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying change their, their design or their image of beauty. Just be honest with us so that we're not tricking ourselves into believing the impossible is possible. Mm -hmm. um, so, guys, go out, celebrate 
um, laugh <laughs> and be grateful. Um, and also, guys, if you're not subscribed, please click that subscribe button down below. And until next time, go be the hero of your own life. Thank you. What's up, guys? Lisa here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button. Click, click, click away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single Wednesday. And if you do feel so inclined, it'd be great to get a rate and a review from you. That'd be awesome. That's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women. So until then, go out and be the superhero of your own life.